I'm excited to be in the house of God today. And if my voice holds up, I've got a word that's going to encourage you today. I believe from the Lord has put it on my heart. Have I told you lately that I love you? Have I told you lately that I love you? Because I do. I love each and every one of you. God bless you. Have you ever thought about in our world today how much power that we have at our fingertips? I'm going to give you a quick illustration. Light switches are one of them. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Turn them off. Turn them off. Turn them off. we got switches in different places. Now watch this. One, two, three. Turn them off. Now that's not me doing that, by the way. <laughs> I don't have any powers in that area. But what it is is that at the flip of a switch, we can turn electricity and power that runs all through this place right at our fingertips. Have you ever seen Niagara Falls? Christina and I were there once. I want to show you a little video and the sound. Hopefully you got that. Look at that. We were standing right there. Absolutely unbelievable. 
to tell you something. The natural and the man-made things, you could go on and on giving examples about it, but there's a power that is available to us as believers that exceeds anything that the natural earth or man has ever made, and that is this, the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Now, if you've heard it, but you haven't experienced it, this is, the, this is the time that you need to press in on this today. And listen to what I'm saying for just a few minutes. The power of prayer exceeds any power that we can even identify with here in our minds and here on this earth. I want to start with a verse that is John 15, 7, and it says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. How many believe that? How many people believe the Word of God today? Amen? If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Jesus further tells us in John 14, verses 13 and 14, this. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, there's some things about that we're going to talk about today. And it's going to be about glorifying God. It's going to be about asking things in Jesus' name. It's going to be about the power of prayer. Sometimes I believe, uh, there are people I've encountered anyway, that are believers that have not realized the power that we have at our fingertips, just like we do with a light switch, that we can have things available to us in power by just flipping that switch of the things that God has instructed us to do through the words of Jesus. And if we truly abide in Him, truly abide in Him, we must have a clean heart, we must have a pure life, we must have proper motives, and we must have a surrendered will. How many people believe that you have a complete, total, 100%, I'm not asking for a show of hands, this is just a question to ask yourself, a complete and total surrendering of your will to his will today. When you do that, and that's something I don't believe we ever arrive at 100%, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily possible. But when you get to a place where you have surrendered so much of what you want to what he wants, that's when things start to happen. That's when prayers start to be answered. We surrender our will to his. We must surrender it to him in order to experience the true power of prayer in our lives. There's three things I want to talk about today. There's a lot of things that could add to this, but I just want to talk about a few. When we pray, we must be sure that the prayers that we are praying, what we're praying is according to God's will. Central. The next person I want to share with you is this, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request we have asked of him. Now, if you notice in these verses there are a lot of powerful things about asking, receiving, what God will do, what Jesus has promised in his teaching. But the thing about 
that is, there's other things that he's asking us to do. Are you getting that? Anything according to his will, abiding in him, his words, abiding in us. The other thing that we need to do when we pray is not only pray according to God's will, but we must pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What we pray is heard when we pray in the name of Jesus. That name that's above every name. That name that is always going to trump anything in this world. No matter who the politician might be, no matter what the world power structure may be, no matter what the threats may be, the name of Jesus is above everything in the heavens and the earth. He is over it all. He is supreme. Jesus Christ and the name of Jesus. Just that name carries power when we use it in the way that we are taught to in the Scripture. The other thing that we need to do when we pray is that we have to make sure that what we pray brings glory to God. What we pray has to bring glory to God. It needs to be according to His will. It needs to be in the name of Jesus. But what we pray ultimately has to be bringing glory to the name of our God. It has to be that way. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this. So whether you drink, whatever you do, do all to the what? To the, to the glory of God. That's where we have to be. That's where we have to live. We have to pray to things in our lives, in the lives of others, around us that bring glory to God. Now, there's a lot of things that's good news that we can pray that bring glory to God. One thing is, is you pray for the salvation of your family, your brothers, your sisters, your children, your sons, your daughters, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins. Praying for salvation brings glory to God. Praying for people's salvation brings glory to God for your community. Praying for divine healing, for people to be healed by the power of God. We've seen it in this fellowship, have we? Do you know that people have been healed miraculously by the power of God in this building? Not because of it being in this building, not because of it being this church, but because the power of God is moving. And when we pray for divine healing in our bodies or for others, for our family, whoever it is, that brings glory to God. Praying for healing is a good prayer to pray. Praying for forgiveness, that brings glory to God. If you're holding a grudge today or you're walking in unforgiveness or somebody's offended you or made you angry and you've got a revenge plotted or you've got something that you're holding inside and that you just haven't let go of it yet, praying for a spirit of forgiveness to flow over you brings glory to God. And I encourage you to do it today. If you're in unforgiveness in any way, shape, or form, don't walk out of here today and have it when you walk out. Because he can cover that by his mercy and his grace. And his spirit can flow over you for forgiveness that you can't do on your own. And when you pray for that, power is in that prayer because it brings glory to God. We want to pray for God's will in the name of Jesus and that which brings glory to God. Jesus set this example for us. If we want to be Christ-like as Christ's followers... We need to pray without ceasing. That's what our theme for the first quarter of 2018 is, pray without ceasing. You want prayer power? Pray without ceasing. There's a whole other message in that. The one thing example that Jesus gave that I've always felt like was so powerful to me is Jesus prayed for others. 
He prayed for others. We should be doing that. He prayed for things like that, that his works and his ministry and, and the words that he spoke would glorify his heavenly Father. There are numerous places in the Scripture where that's indicated, where what Jesus was doing was to bring glory to God the Father. We want to pray as Jesus did. Even on the cross, in indescribable, un, unimaginable pain and physical pain and suffering that Jesus went through, even on the cross, his prayer was for others. It wasn't for him. It was for others. That was who he was. That was the example that he set. Many times I think, I'm not going to say anyone here, but I mean, I've been guilty of this. I think many times our prayers are centered around, Lord, do this for me. Lord, do this for, for my life. Lord, do this for my situation. I'm not saying at all that there's anything wrong if you're praying according to God's will, if you're praying in the name of Jesus, and if what you're praying is going to bring glory to God. Nothing wrong with praying for yourself or your family. That's okay. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is a lot of times we get consumed in that about what it is that I need, what it is that's going on in my life. And I think Jesus set such a wonderful example for us about praying for others. There's a little girl. I read an article, a story about this little girl who did her nighttime prayers, her little bedtime prayers. And every night she prayed. And one night she didn't. And her mother said, honey, why didn't you pray tonight? And she said, well, mommy, I don't need anything. <laughs> and I just thought about that, and I was like, well, you know what? Praise God if we're in a place where we don't have anything we need to pray about. Amen? But let me tell you this. If there's a place where we don't need anything or we maybe don't need as much as some that we might know, that's the time we need to pray more. You know why we do? Because there's power in prayer of thanksgiving. If you don't have as much of things, it's always something, I'm sure, but if you maybe don't have as much as some people you know that you need to pray for in your own life, that's when you say, Lord, thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for working powerfully in my life. Thank you for answering the needs of my life. And I'm going to spend my time in prayer thanking you and praying for others. That's when power comes into your prayer. Jesus prayed for his enemies. <laughs> I mean, how many people have enemies here? Don't raise your hand. I mean, you know, not an enemy like somebody's going to come out and try. But, I mean, you know, people that may have crossed you or, or done something intentionally, not on your part, on their part maybe. Maybe you feel like they're enemies of you for some reason or another. Jesus prayed for his enemy just as much as he prayed for his friends. He did. And so I feel like, you know, Jesus said this example where I'm going to pray everyone all along the way prayed for his disciples. He prayed for all those that followed him and listened to him speak and teach. And you know what else? He prays for us today. Did you know that? Did you know that Jesus, many of you may or may not have thought about this, and, and, and many of you probably do know this, Jesus is praying for us right now. That's, that's scriptural. This is Hebrews 7.25. says that, therefore, he is able once and forever, to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. 
Our salvation is guaranteed because Jesus is praying for us. Jesus is praying for us right now. He prayed for people back then, and he's prayed all the way up to today, and he will continue to pray until the day he comes back for all of us. Jesus prays for others, including us. Think about when Jesus was on the cross. We sang a couple of songs today that just made me reflect about that. He's on the cross and all the physical pain I talked about before. But you know what? I learned this a long time ago, and it's really become powerful in my life the last several years. The suffering that Jesus had on the cross, the physical pain, was not the most significant pain of the things he went through. The pain and suffering and the horrific part of his sacrifice on the cross was because he was bearing the sin of all humanity on his shoulders. Now, something that we can't relate to, I know, but just think about it for a minute. Now, this is at the cross, all of the sin of every single person from the fall of man shortly after creation, all the way to the time of the crucifixion, and all the way to January 21st, 2018. Now, I don't know what world you guys are looking at, but the world I live in is consumed with sin. It's all around us. And all of that sin and all of that burden and all of that suffering, Jesus took it on himself at the cross. Amazing. So all of that that he went through, what would you do? Would you curse the people around you? Would you call on angels to come help you? Would you do something that was more about you? Or did you do, would you do what Jesus did? He didn't curse them. No, what he did is he prayed. And when he prayed, now remember, Jesus was pr- he prayed. The first words he said were he prayed, was in prayer because he said, Father. He was praying to his heavenly Father. He was praying to the heavenly Father, just like he did all through his ministry. Father, forgive them. Think about that for a minute. With all the sin of the entire world and all sin to come, Resting on his shoulders in the suffering of the physical pain that he went through, the first thing he did is he prayed. And he prayed, Father, forgive them. That's, that's the example Jesus set for us. Luke 23, 34 says that. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Can we pray like that for people who wronged us and sincerely mean it? We can. Do we pray like that for people? Maybe who treat us is certainly not like that, but treat us in any way that just crosses us a little bit. Can we do that? Yes. Do we do that? Not all the time. Should we do that all the time? Yes. Why? Because the example that Jesus set is if we are abiding in him and his words are abiding in us, that's when we can ask. That's when the power of prayer comes in to our lives. I'm not saying they doesn't hear our prayers. I'm not saying he doesn't answer our prayers. I'm saying the power of prayer. You want power in your prayer life? I'm giving you some things of how to do it right here. Matthew 5, 44, the Amplified Version says this, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And the Amplified says this, But I say to you, love, it's an agape love now, that is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for. Not just say, I love you in the Lord. <laughs> I love you in the Lord. 
yeah, you just stole money out of my bank account, and I love you in the Lord. It's almost like you're just saying that. No, it's not asking you to do that. What they want you to do in this translation is look at the agape love, and that is unselfishly seek the best or higher good for those who are your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Luke 6, 27, 28. I love this verse because of what it says at the beginning. But I say to you who hear, is anybody listening to me today? How many of you are not listening to me today? There's a hand, there's a hand, there's a hand. <laughs> Jesus has always thought about that. It's like, but I say to you who hear, in other words, I'm saying to those of you who are going to listen to me, I'm going to say it, but you've got to hear it. Okay? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Jesus set this example for us. This is his teaching. If my words abide in you, are those the words of Jesus? Are they abiding in us? If his words are truly, I know it, nobody's going to know this but you and God. I can tell you this. But he know it for certain. You know it. And God knows it. Now, some other people may know a little bit more about it, but this is not something that you can fool your husband, you can fool your wife, you can fool your pastor, you can fool your coworkers, you can fool your friends, your family. You can, and I, even by fooling them, or you can, you, you, you can't absolutely share and then anyone absolutely know. The people that know are you and God. God knows and you know if those words are abiding in you. Crickets, 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 crickets. <laughs> these are the words he's speaking of and many others, but these are the words today. So if you're hearing me, for those of you who are going to hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. There's a devil out there, you guys. He's sneaky, he's crafty, and he's waiting to trip you up. He's waiting to trip you up with temptation. And the one thing that he likes more than anything else is to use circumstances from people, whoever they may be, rightfully or wrongfully, that are going to come against you and cause you not to love your enemies, not to do good to those that hate you, not to bless those that curse you, and not to pray for those that abuse you. That's the enemy trying to wreck your life in the relationship that you can have with Almighty God. When you are not abiding in these things, abiding in him and his words, abiding in you, you are causing a separation between you and God. Now, that doesn't mean, I'm not saying now, that you're totally separated from God. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that there is a separation that is there if you're not doing these things that he has instructed us to do. If I'm not doing them. If he's waiting there to reduce the influence of Jesus and his teaching and his words in your life. The enemy is out there trying to do that right now. He's trying to reduce that influence and increase his influence. He takes great pleasure in tripping you up. We all know that when a soul comes to, to the Lord and a, and a soul is, is, is brought into salvation, that the angels rejoice, right? We've heard that. Well, I'll tell you something. I believe that the devil and his demons and his minions 
that they rejoice when they succeed in tripping us up in temptation. They do. But we can be victorious over that. Here's why. James 4, 7. Humble yourselves before God. It's the first thing. My people, humble themselves and pray. You see this. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you want the devil, the enemy, Satan, if you want him and his demons and minions and all the forces of hell to shake in their boots with fear, get on your knees and pray. Get on your knees and pray because what's going to happen is there's going to be action that occurs because the Word of God says if you resist Him, and the way we resist Him is we pray, He will, what? He flees. Now that doesn't mean He just walks away. Okay, I've said this before. Flee is a word, if you look it up, it's an action word. It is something where He is turning and hightailing it away. When we pray, want the devil to shake in your boots, devil, here's what you do. You're tempting me. In the name of Jesus, I am not going to be angry with my brother today. In the name of Jesus, you are not going to convince me that I'm not healed. In the name of Jesus, yes, my family will be saved. Because God has promised it to me. I have prayed it through to him. His words are abiding in me. And when I'm abiding in him and his words are abiding in me, whatever I ask, I will get it from him. That's what God wants to do. That's what God wants to do in the name of Jesus. That name above every name. I call on the name of Jesus. Demons have to flee. You are behind me and under my feet. You can't have my family. You can't have my career. You can't have my bank account. You can't have my spirit of being in unforgiveness or anger or holding a grudge because I am going to pray that the Spirit of God comes in and corrects all of that, and I'm trusting Him with it, and I know He'll do it because I am abiding in Him. And His words are abiding in Oh, man, you want to get the devil shaken? Prayer is the way, I'm going to tell you, prayer is the way that God blesses us. It's not the only way, but it is a way that God blesses us. How many believe that? Prayer is a way that he blesses us. And if you don't believe that, pastor said this earlier, I want to just take a side for a moment. I know people have other commitments on Tuesday from 10 to 12, 10 a.m. to 12. You can make an arrangement in your schedule. Take an early lunch. Maybe only come for an hour. Or if you can come for both, two hours. There's some that don't have it and have the flexibility where maybe they can arrange it. And I encourage you, come to Tuesday. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You're, nobody's going to call on you to pray. Nobody's going to ask you. It's a, it's a very spirit-led thing. And, it, and it's not anything where anybody has any expectations. You just come and you gather and we pray. And when we do... Tell me if I'm wrong, people who've been there. When we leave, we leave different than when we came in. How many people have been to intercessory prayer on Tuesday? Okay, now I'm not criticizing anybody that has it at all. I know people have other things. Let me encourage you strongly, as Pastor did too, to come and give that prayer meeting an opportunity in your life. Because when you walk in, you may have burdens, but when you walk out, you're going to feel lighter. You know why I know that? Because that's what happens to me every time I go. 
I come in one way and I leave with burdens lifted and feeling lighter and feeling like the power of God's working in my life. I'm not saying that that, those things can't happen if you don't go. I'm saying they do happen when you do go. And I encourage you to do that if there's any way. We need to grow. The numbers we have are phenomenal. And God bless everyone that's faithful and participates in that. But that can grow to even a greater army of prayer warriors that are going to take this county for the cause of Jesus Christ. And it can only be done through prayer. It cannot be done through any of man's mechanisms or any of our thoughts or ideas. But if we come together, humble ourselves, and pray in numbers and in power, this community is going to be turned around for the glory of God. Remember when I said pray for things that bring glory to God? Believe in people to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ in Clay County brings glory to God. Are you satisfied with your prayer life today? I'm not asking you to tell me. I'm asking you to ask yourself. And it doesn't mean the, 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 the quantity, you know, yeah, well, I pray, but I don't have time to pray for an hour. I'm not talking about that. That's between you and the Lord. You work that out. But what I am saying is consistently disciplined daily prayer. Are you satisfied with what you're doing? Do you think you can do more? Not in the words you speak, because he already knows. But in the commitment and the faithfulness to do it. Are you satisfied? And if this is something that you feel like is a burden or a, or, a, or something calling into you today, into your spirit, speaking into your spirit today, it's not because of what I'm saying. It's the, it's the Spirit of God challenging you to allow him to do greater things in your life. It's not about you praying. It's about you allowing him to expand you and grow you and to do things where you're going to be abiding in him more and his words will be abiding in you. So when we abide in him, there's some words I wrote down, we believe. It's a, abiding is a believing and a trusting, a savoring, a resting receiving and more importantly than any of that I believe abiding is saying to us that we are committed to seek and live in God's perfect will for our lives and if we are willing and and seek God's perfect will for our lives then our will has to be surrendered to his will When we do that, when we pray according to his will, when we surrender our will to his will, when we pray in the name of Jesus, and when we pray things that bring glory to God, that's when power starts to activate in our prayer life. That's when things start to move. When these things happen, we should always be in thanks, too. I've said that already. We should always be in thanks, always looking up to him the giver of every good and perfect gift. James 1.17 Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He's rock solid. He's there. He's faithful. And if we come to Him according to His 
of Jesus, praying things that bring glory to him, power is activated in our prayer life. There will be power in your prayers. And then the last thing I want to say here is this. The last point I want to make is that when we pray, we should pray expecting. We should pray expecting. Say that with me. Expecting. We should pray, and if he, if we are abiding in him and his words are abiding in us, we can ask what we will. He's going to do it. And so, therefore, if we're doing these things, if we're praying according to the will of God to bring glory to him, as the Scripture said that we have shared with you today, when we do that, not only is power going to be activated in our prayer life, prayers are going to start to be answered. And then when we start to pray, when we pray every day or when we pray in intercessory prayer, we're coming in there with the idea that we're expecting God to move. And I'm expecting God to move. I'm believing God to move. I'm expecting that in the name of Jesus, there are family members of people in this house today who are going to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I am expecting that people who are in this house today, that your family members or maybe you are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and give you power to live every day. I am expecting that if you are carrying unforgiveness or a spirit of depression that's come on you, or anything that is that is between you and God that is not going to allow you to have the closest and most intimate relationship with Him, I am expecting that those chains be broken and that everything is going to come into place in your life because I know that God says if I ask that and believe that and I am abiding in Him and His words are abiding in me, then I can ask for that and I can expect it to be done. I can expect it to be done. I can expect it to be done. So when we pray, let's pray with expectation. Let's pray with the glory to God that we know that the things that we pray for bring glory to Him. That we pray in Jesus' name that name that holds all power. That's what we do. And when that happens, prayers start being answered. Miracles start to occur. Things that we can't explain start to happen. Property that we don't know what it's going to be and what the answers are going to be for this fellowship. All of a sudden, you're going to see things happen that you're going to look back on and go, that's because of the power of prayer. That's because this church as a fellowship is abiding in him and his words are abiding in us and that we have unity and we have a common love for our fellow man, our community, and our fellowship. He's faithful. He's able. When we ask just the the grain, the, the mustard seed, I saw one of these in Israel. A mustard seed, if you're not sure, you might think that's a freckle on your hand. It's not very big. The reason Jesus used that illustration is he's saying this, I believe. It's not how much faith you have. It's not the size of your faith. It's to have it at all. Now listen to me now. Don't get confused with what I'm saying. I'm not saying we can't have greater faith and growing faith and big faith. That's great. But all Jesus is saying, just have faith. Not the size of an apple seed or the size of a watermelon seed. The size of a mustard seed. That's what I'm telling you. Just have a little bit of faith. Just have faith that you believe that God's going to do what he says he's going to do.
his words abide in you. And only you and he know that. If you're truly doing that, you can ask things and expect, expect, expect an answer. I believe this from the bottom of my heart. I'm telling you this because I believe the Lord has laid it on my heart that there are people in this place today that need to look at their life in prayer and activate that power. I don't think there's anybody in here that doesn't. I know I do. I'm not saying that you don't have power in your prayer like now. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying that we can reach deeper. We can bring people alongside of us. We can go into a place where His words are abiding us in anything that's between us and God and any separation that might be there because of anything. Unforgiveness. Why am I saying that over and over? I don't know. Depression. Suicidal thoughts. Depression. Suicidal thoughts. Unforgiveness. Grudges. Things that have not been resolved. Your family members, you want to come to know the Lord. You're praying and believing for them to come to know, and not only come to know Him, but to grow in Him and to be powerful for Him and to be raised up to do great and mighty things. The mighty power of prayer can be a marvelous addition to our spiritual lives if we will activate it to its full power and capability according to the Word of God. Not according to what I say, but according to what He says. And if we pray
So for those of you who are here or those of you who are sitting, if there's anything that you have that you want to pray about, pray in your seat. You don't have to be down here, but there's something about taking that step of faith and walking down here today. It's going to activate something in your spirit. Don't leave here today and have a spirit of unforgiveness following you out these doors. Don't leave here today if you have a feeling of depression in your life and something is bothering you that we don't even understand or need to know the details of. Don't let that follow you out the door. Don't let it follow you out the door today if you've had thoughts of even taking your own life. I don't know. It doesn't matter what the issue is. Here is where the answers are. Because we can come to him and believe with expectation that he will answer us because his word promises that In the name of Jesus, people are being healed this morning. In the name of Jesus, there are families that God is working in the unseen realm to bring to the knowledge of salvation in the name of Jesus. 